everybody and welcome to your new Sunderland podcast, Sensible Sunderland. We are here to discuss all things SAFC. That includes match discussion, player analysis and ongoing scrutiny on whether the model currently employed by Sunderland is the best way to take us forward. We're four fans of Sunderland for over 30 years and we follow the lads home and away. We want to give a fan perspective on what is happening around the club and that's exactly what we are. Nothing special, just Sunderland fans like you. I'm Dan and joined by my three pals, Lee, Mark and Anth. Say hello, fellas. Hello, everybody. Let's get to discussing some football. Yesterday, we played Plymouth at home and ran away as 3-1 victors. Uh, Fellas, what did we think? Um, Obviously, generally, overall. Good result, but first half was a bit of a stinker, I think. Um, nice to see a good reaction in the second half. Hopefully, it might have been something to do with that, because I think everyone's a bit sceptical about it, but uh, obviously, plays, plays in the end. Yeah, I think that's that was that was a, a nice little sign I got from yesterday, was yes, we weren't great, especially first half. I think we did start all right, to be totally honest with you, but, uh, you know, they grew into the game. They got a, it was a good goal, man, good finish off there, lad. But, um I think that's very telling when, you know, there is a noticeable improvement in the second half. Um, and, you know, we've all been critical of Michael Bale. But I think credit goes to him yesterday because he did really, you know, help pick the performance up. Yeah, I think uh, as the first half, as Mark said, was a bit of a stinker. Um, as for Plymouth School, it really was just a bit of a brain fart, wasn't it? I think there were that focus on trying to make something out of the corner. Uh, there was just a lapse in concentration, which, which obviously is a really great finish, to be fair. Um, some people questioned Patterson's positioning whether he could have done more I think it would be harsh to criticise him too much yeah. really so that was a good Honestly, finish I don't agree I think the, I think the goalkeeper was shot him See? Like, he was far too far out and then he should have just then he, back and he should have just run back to his line but he didn't he stayed, <coughs> stayed out and allowed himself to be chipped in See, my to be, to be fair, he hesitates as well yeah. so when he thinks that that flag's going up and he stops we all did to be fair we all did well, we yeah, all 100% but like, like you see if it for a professional football player, you play at the whistle. Yeah. He didn't. He just stopped assuming the flag was going to go up and that's what got him that extra couple of yards ahead. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So Yeah. I think this is I think it's the worst game I've seen Pat will play for us actually yesterday. Oh, really? I not go that far. Like, oh, no, well, I know but he's, he's made no mistakes as he's generally been really good but, but yes, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a poor performance for him yesterday. I, I, think, I think really that's probably quite a compliment to him to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I don't mean in general like, he's been really good but I think yesterday he was, he was poor with the ball at his feet and stuff like that but, Wait, um, I think, but it didn't matter in the end. For me, like what we've all been crying out for, like we've all said since Michael Beale's been here like it's been very slow and it's been a bit of we've digressed a little bit and I think part of that comes from the fact that, like, we don't play as high up the pitch as we used to. Like, we don't sort of close down as high up the pitch. And I think the goal, as you say yesterday, came from the fact that we maybe were too far, like, up the pitch, which I don't have a problem with. Like, that's just one of those things that can sometimes happen. And we just massively got caught on the break. And to be fair, when he went through, I know you're saying Patterson's position was shocking and that, but there was a point where I thought, oh, they've, like, Plymouth have, have ruined this chance for themselves. Um I thought he'd, I thought he'd mess it up, but like he just pulled that finish out of the bag, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I know. I just wish Pat was come back to his life after the because yeah. he did hold him up initially, but then he was back. But yeah, uh, you I see that one after man. that one after where the lad had a, tries to chip him, tried to chip him from like yeah. distance. Oh, yeah. There was a point where I just thought, "Oh no!" You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember that Matty Taylor goal years ago? For yeah, I was just going to say that. I was <laughs> like, "Oh, here we go, here we go again." <laughs> Uh, I mean, luckily, like Mark says, it didn't matter. Um, I thought the second half, we, we came out all guns blazing, which again, is that a Michael Bale team talk? Has he given them a kick up the arse? It makes you wonder because, you know, we all know of the call of controversy, I suppose, around Michael Bale's appointment. 
very few wanted him, though I think most were willing to give him a chance, but a, a slim chance in comparison to, to other managers. But again, run now 3-1 winners and pretty commanding performance in the second half, to be honest. Yeah, we just, we just for, I mean, I always thought they'd tire because, you know, they were playing during the week. They went extra time, didn't they, in the FA Cup against Leeds. Um, so you always thought um, but yeah, that's, I think we all, all we had to do was just wait and, and bide our time. And I thought yesterday, like you say, we've all been sceptical towards Michael Beale, but I felt this was like, this was kind of the most connected. I think the fans and Michael Beale probably felt to each other. Obviously, you had that thing with his niece, which was, you know, which was like, you know, very nice touch, I think. Uh, the, the clapping in the fourth minute for his little niece. Well, that's right. Football falls by the wayside, doesn't it, when something like cancer comes into the play? Um, and I think he thanked the fans afterwards in his post-match interview. Just you know, and maybe that's maybe that's what's going to be sort of the neutral ground for Sun under Michael Bale now. Like perhaps we all understand each other a little bit better. Yeah, I think all he had to do because you know, there's he's not the only manager to go into a club and be a very unpopular choice. But I think what he had to do when he first came in was just keep his head down, just keep his head down work on the training pitch and try and get results because that's ultimately what's going to change everyone's perception of you. But his problem was he came in and he, he bit back, which I, I don't think... You should, I know it obviously must be difficult when you're in that situation, but just keep your head down. And I think this is maybe the start, hopefully, of, of building bridges back with the fans. I think there's something to be said that Michael Bale came in with the sort of suave management speak that was straight out of a description from LinkedIn, you know what I mean? And that, <laughs> sort, of, that sort of jargon doesn't fly up here. No, I Lee Johnson. Look at Lee Johnson. He was that's what I thought. To me, I was looking at him thinking, oh, he's like he's like the worst elements of like Johnson, Parkinson, like all the ones we didn't really want or like. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what it mm-hmm. felt like very much when he came in. Again, happy to be proven completely wrong though. Yeah. No, I right. hope we are. I think we've we've had a trap obviously off off air about in the past about um managers have always done well for Sunderland. It's always been like the characters that really understood the area. Yeah, and I think like, see yeah. with Parkinson, obviously we had a bad experience with Lee Johnson bad experience to a point and I think we all thought Bale's going to be along, going on a similar line to that but I, I think on a footballing side of the game we've said this up there as well it's probably not going to be too bad on the footballing side I think it's just can he get the area is it going to become likeable enough I think for the supporters but obviously winning games of football is probably over but well, it actually would override all of that anyway yeah definitely 100% You'd have like the Yorkshire Ripper in charge, couldn't you? If you won games of football. <laughs> oh, <not> far. <laughs> we decide, Jack. <laughs> um, so, looking at uh, Lee, I'm going to throw it to you. Who is your man of the match? By far, Dan Neil. I don't think there's any other choice, to be honest with you. Uh, just boss the midfield. Past, passing was excellent. Defending was excellent. Um, the way he was turning on the ball and just picking his man out was unbelievable. Uh like you see, honourable mentions, Clark, uh, even Royson, I thought he played really well, but I think Dan Neil just was head and above everybody yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think you're right what you say. Um, our, Mark, what about you? I had Dan Neil as well. I think um, I had three, obviously, Clark in the second half was brilliant as always. Um, Luke one name was really good, but Dan Neil again was just, it's just a Rolls Royce for football, every really is. Mm-hmm. He's Premier League player in waiting, isn't he? Dies, oh, is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Anth consensus, hundred percent. Dan Neil as well. Um, it just the the improvement of him from last season. I mean, he was still good last season, but like he, the, you know, you're saying he's very good when he turns on the ball, things like that. There was a lot of times last season where we'd obviously give it away and we'd lose a lot of goals, and it was always just a case of people would get on his back. But I always just felt like he's a young kid. Let him get that out of his game. 
And I think he's he's done it this season 100%. Um, and he's mm-hmm. a much better player for it. I agree. Um, one thing I was very pleased about yesterday was to see Equa get a goal because I think we can all generally agree that he's been pretty poor of late. And that, is that a confidence thing? Is that it's certainly not a talent thing? Because you can see there's a fantastic footballer there. But I was pleased to see him get a goal. I was even more pleased to see Plymouth applying the old um, draft excluder tactic underneath the wall. They slid it straight past. It was a good, great moment. Well, it shows how much, to be honest, I know for that goal. I'm going, hey, I don't know what they're doing here. Why is Equa taking this? Why is Edward taking this? And literally, as I got the word out of my mouth, I mean, to be fair, it was the nice little layoff that just offset the Plymouth uh, wall. Yeah, so, you know, totally caught them off. But I'm just hoping that gives Edward a little bit of a kickstart because you've seen flashes of just like outstanding footballer inside of him, which, which is the case with young footballers. I know we've said in previous conversations on WhatsApp, it's the same with sort of Abdullah Bar, for example. You can see like real flashes of quality, but they're just frustrating because they're young. Well, that I comes think, though. That's that's the whole Dan Neil scenario. I think again, yeah. like it'll come with match experience. I think with Equa as well, though they've they've tried to find his position and they've tried to turn him into a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, Tony Mowbray did it. Obviously, Michael Bales toyed with it. He's not a defensive midfielder. Like he is, he's a box to box midfielder. Yeah. He plays further forward. He scores goals. He's anything but a defensive midfielder. And we just need to accept that moving forward. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go like full Roy Keane on you here. But like, in my opinion, like he smiles too much. He, I think to, to be, <laughs> that needs to a nasty be, side. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know, you know what you mean. mean. Yeah. I think yeah, to be that defensive midfielder that that we needed him to be, you need to have that nasty streak. But he, he's yeah. just, you know, just like uh, to me, he's got the job. he's got the same sort of attitude as Cameron Jones. He's un- on his days, unplayable, but he's just too laid back. He's too nice. Just John <laughs> Bay. Just kicks away yeah. fans once in a while. Someone should give him some really bad news before every game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, I think, yeah, Equus goes a beauty, no doubt about it. Then we move on to Jack Clark, just doing Jack oh. Clark things, really. Well, again, right. it shows what I know. I was sitting there watching, I think it's Dan Neal, kind of tries to overlap him. And I was yeah, he does, yeah. Going, use, use Dan Neal. And then he puts that ball in the net. So that's, that's yeah. another thing I got spectacularly, uh, spectacularly wrong yesterday. You know, in the first half, he'd try to deliver free kicks. He, he, he'd try to shoot from free kicks. And I was thinking, God, what's wrong with Clark? The deal, like, he's, he's, he's finally having a bad game for us. <laughs> it comes out in the second half and does that, you know. Like, yeah, it, it, it's, he scored. Because, um, he was up against Barley Mumble, wasn't he? Yeah. Mumble was one of, I, I mean, I, I, I don't dislike the lad, but he jumped shift quite quickly. He didn't even went to Norwich. Yeah. So it was nice to see Clarky, um, Clarky get a goal. Feels very much like he was pushed over Barley Mumble. You know, yeah. that was that whole that was, that was thing the... it where they were just selling everything that wasn't nailed down. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, I'll ask you the question. I thought of this yesterday when I was watching Mumba because I thought, oh, he actually looks quite sharp. He looks decent. If he still played for Sunderland, would he have a place in this team at all? No. Nah. Nah. Not even on the bench? No. Maybe on the bench, but I try Hume is just unbelievable, isn't he? Uh, say you say that on the bench though but let's say everyone's fit he doesn't get in ahead of Huggins he doesn't get in ahead of oh, Huggins I think he does I think he gets in ahead of Huggins, Huggins like, really? Uh, uh, oh, I really like Huggins when he Huggins. had a little run I'm not convinced with him you know I agree with uh, I agree with Mark actually I'm not entirely sold on Huggins I just think he's a touch sloppy a touch sloppy 
Fair enough. But yeah, I can see it. I was going to say, <laughs> anybody want to handle that? No, I've done. Fuck this podcast. <laughs> if, you, if you want to disagree, then you disagree, but I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> uh, just going to the final goal, obviously, we've. I think more Sulla fans have cried out of late that Joe Bellingham desperately needs a rest. Please, please, just rest him for a few games. Then he comes on and does that. I mean, I think you said in our WhatsApp yesterday, Mark, that was a bit of a, a Jude Bellingham-esque goal. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Brilliant. Absolutely. Top notch quote, really was. I, th- I think uh, there's, there's a real premium footballer in Joe Bellingham, to be honest, but it, it's just, he's young, he's a kid. He's literally 18 year old. Yeah, right, all that, of them, uh, we, we, we forget how young they are. That's, that is literally the, the overall consensus with all of them. We do forget how young they are. I mean, I think Joe Bellingham, he scored, uh, I think he scored five goals a season. You know what I mean? Like, I think Pritchard got nine in his whole Sunderland career, and yeah. we were sort of. We were, we were upset that Pritchard had gone and, oh, he's a good foot, he's a good player, why you let him go, et cetera, But I think when you've got Joe Bellingham sitting in your back pocket, I know he hasn't got the experience, obviously, but surely you probably was the right decision to let Pritchard go, probably. Yeah. Are you, uh, that's true. Is, is Pritchard uh, injured well, he's or injured. something? He's injured, isn't he? Because I noticed he, he didn't play on Friday night against Chef Wed for Birmingham. And I, to be honest, I heard, I don't know how true this was like, but I did hear that he got took off in his first game and their fans were saying, oh, he looks shy, Pritchard, but, you know... He's all injured. Yeah, there's a right, there's like a right place for a player. Does that sometimes prove that maybe, that we might say that with Pritchard, like maybe Sullen was the best place for him? I mean, it's too early to say now, but potentially it could be the case. I, th- I think what I will say on Alex Pritchard is that he, in my opinion, he always looked more effective coming on at 65, yeah. 70 minutes. That's where I like Pritchard. I don't ever really think he was brilliant as a starter I might be wrong but I, mm, I don't know nah, there's a lot of players like that though isn't there if they're on the bench and they come around and they've got something to prove where I think they get a little bit too comfortable for starting games so I think Pritch yeah. maybe into that or oh, feeling that he's better coming on when teams are a little bit more tired and uh, he's not as effective obviously when when, te- when the opposition are, when the opposition are fresh early on I think it speaks volumes that he never lasted 65, 70 minutes into a match and then he was before being subbed. So uh, there's obviously something not quite right there. Yeah, I mean, he's never been blessed with pace, has he? And that, I think you'd say, coming on against tired legs. And I think as well, I think he was like genuinely a clever footballer. And I think sometimes when you have that luxury of being able to like watch a game from the bench and like kind of see in your mind how it's going, it's sometimes easy to come on and have an impact. Yeah. I think overall it's the right decision for everyone. Obviously he's getting a longer contract, put better money at Birmingham. But we've got we've got other players coming in. We've got um the Chase, Rig, obviously Bellingham all playing this position and, and we know that they know that we know the plus models to play the younger the younger lads. So his time is going to be limited next season. So I think everyone needs to accept that and just move on really. Good player for us, but wish him all the best and Tara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. Um, going back to the game yesterday, we ran out as 3-1 winners deservedly, so um, we've sort of jumped into the last playoff position now. And, you know, the talk is that really there's only two playoff positions available um, because obviously teams in third and fourth, first and second, there's sort of a battle out between and not so much Leicester at the top, but the others. Um, do you think this squad's capable of finishing a playoff position? Too early to see, in my yeah. opinion. Like, not for me. I think it's it's easy to see. Yes, after we, after we won a couple of games, do you know what I mean? But, but for me, we're, we're too inconsistent. I think. If, I mean, one thing one thing nobody mentions about Clark is how how lately he gets injured. If Clark gets injured, then we're in a bother like this. He, yeah. he yeah. out so many games, but I, I don't know. I don't think we're ready. We're not ready to go up. You know, and that, I think that's a that's a fact of the matter. 
be lovely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the playoffs again. It's, it's great for us, obviously, we can get that Wembley game. But um, but I, we're not quite seeing that. I don't think we're ready yet. I think we need another year or two of, of just developing the squad. And the well, club I mean, is up because the club's not ready. Ah, but if you're in there, though, Mark, I think you've got to just go for it. That was the Because I was very much of the same opinion last season. But then when we're in the playoffs, I remember talking to my dad about it. My dad was saying, he was like, we just... It's, it's about the money. Like, I could go up, we could, you know, go down again next season. But at least now we're basically doing what Luton and Sheffield United have done. Because I think it's going to get to a point because of the way the money is now in the Premier League. It's literally going to be well, like that already, really. You have your teams that just constantly go up and the teams that constantly go down. I'd rather be in that bracket and just have that money at our disposal. That was my big thing for going up, like. So get me up as soon as possible. And I, and I, when I, if you that's when I was younger, obviously, the Premier League was like absolutely everything to us. But. But watching the watching the team in like League One, even the Championship, seeing us winning games, I'm just as happy as I was in the Prem. Do you know what I mean? As we were losing yeah. too many games, so every weekend you just really miserable. So I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I'd love to go up. Don't get us wrong, but I don't think the club the club's ready. Do you know what I mean? If you look at the, everything that's going on behind the scenes, we're nowhere near ready to be a Premier League club. I don't think. I just think because we're on the cusp of, you know, like we are a playoff level team. I think we run a risk of like just kind of standing still and stagnating. And like it was pretty read years ago, I had that quote, didn't he? Where you said, like, if you stand still in football, you go backwards. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a lot of drink when he said it, like, so that's probably why he was going backwards. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, that's my worry. Like, I, it's all about momentum. And I think if we sort of just accept our level and think, oh, well, we're happy where we are, I think that's a danger, like, because everyone just gets complacent then, don't they? Yeah, no, I'm not accepting the level. I just think the squad's got a bit more development um, to go through. And then, let's say, in the back of, back of the house at the club, I mean, there's obviously what well, you meant around the bags and stuff like that. But if you go on the Black Cats bar, it's absolutely shambolic. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's anyone actually running the day to day behind the scenes stuff at the club. And I, I just think we need to be a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit more organised. Um, and, and like be run like a proper, well oiled, well oiled club behind the scenes as well as the football inside. So that's been what they've concentrated on, obviously, since the, um, since Kiel Day's taken over. Yeah, definitely. I think, think Kieran Lewis Drivers had said at the last meeting between the hierarchy and the Red and White Army that the investment they've now put in, you'll start to see the fruit it's bearing in the coming years. Like, apparently, there's loads of money going into the academy, loads of money going into the concourse and stuff. But ah, uh, we happen to be in the concourse for the mags, and like, you know, you, you're talking, there's like, Maybe it's a thousand people in our block, and like they had two people working the bar. We went down like three minutes before half time, and we didn't get back to our seats until six minutes into the second half. And like, obviously, we missed the mags of second goal, which was, which was great. But, <laughs> but like, why would there be two people serving like a thousand yeah. odd? It was farcical, farcical. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing, there's such a disconnect now between like what we're seeing on the pitch, which is, which I don't think we can really have any complaints over generally. But like you say, behind the scenes is absolutely shambolic. But hopefully, I mean, we like um, like Mark said there. Look, the Newcastle stuff in the um, Black Cats Bar investigation, all that is ongoing, and we'll see the outcome of that before we can truly judge Dreyfus, I guess. But as for the football inside, we're talking purely football. Alongside Christian Speakman, you, you can't grumble at all. You really can't. I always have these moments. I think we all do, where like we kick off at Speakman, and then we actually do all right. And then we're like, oh, like, well done. Like, we'll never doubt him again. And then it gets mm. deadline day. We're like, Speakman, man. <laughs> like, every single, every single I time. Don't, I don't think we're going to appreciate Speakman until he's gone. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Like, a top Premier League club, <clears throat> he'll, he'll do really well, which I think Gaz done for us. He's done really, really well for us. But I, I, like you say, it does get the like, deadline day and nothing's happened. 
you know, you know, stuff's going on behind the scenes, and they are doing things properly. Do you know what I mean? We're not, we're not spending silly money on people. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's your argument. I hate, I hate when people say things like, "Would you rather go back to how it was before when we were signing Danny Graham?" And I think, yeah, but it doesn't have to be either or. Do you know what I mean? It can be like a happy mm-hmm. medium. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's not. We're not saying we want Stuart Donald back. I, th- I, think I think the thing about that is, like you oh. see, obviously, over the past couple of years, well, same before Kirillo Jervis came in, yeah. Donald, Methan, you had Short who lost interest in the club and just stopped putting money in it all together. And Martin Bain, like I know we've talked about it off pod um, about the sun until I die, but Christ, like watching that last night was an eye-opener how far we've come in a couple of years, well, five, six years, whatever it's been now. But Christ, it was really, really bad. And it's easy to forget the type of player we were signing before. Yeah, yeah, I was getting young, hungry players who want to prove themselves, who want to rise and improve through us, then maybe move on to the next level or with us move on to the next level. Well, I think for me, I wouldn't want to go back to the way we did it before. No, no. Well, I think you, you look at Hull City now, so they're like fringing on the financial fair play stuff because the the buy-in, the buy-in, the buy-in, experienced players, that they're putting everything they can into promotion. If that doesn't work, then yeah, come... More or less, I and, and do you want someone to do that? No, of course you probably don't. And I think Mark, you've said this time and time again that only way for Sunland to function properly and be successful is by doing what we're doing now. It is. It is. Like obviously, when when the mascot took over, they were thinking they were signing Bobby and all that. Nobody wants to live up in the North East. It's a similar like you want to they get similar money in Madrid or in Paris or yeah. Manchester or London, where, but then they'd rather live in those places. So the only way for something to be successful, in my view, was just bring the young lads through, get as much as you can out of them, sell them at a profit, and keep reinvesting. I, I think we'll, we'll bang yeah. on to where we are. Just maybe sprinkling of experience throughout the like the the spine of the team. I think we could just do we could do with that a little bit like Brighton. If we look Brighton, they've got like there was Dunk Lalana. Danny Welbeck, James Miller, but um, we probably don't have that have that quite yet. But um, but now we're, we're bang on the right track, in my opinion. Like it's exciting, really, to see where we're going to end up. Yeah, here's here's a question for you, right? I've thought about this a few times. Seeing seeing what's happened to the Mags, right? I don't want to say has it put you up being successful because that's like a stupid thing to say. But seeing the way they're reacting and how they don't seem to be like enjoying it as much as maybe looking from the outside, they probably should. It's kind of put me off because I'm looking at them thinking, why you can never be happy. Do you know what I mean? You can never be happy. You can never just enjoy the moment. Like looking through Twitter when they were getting beat yesterday and they were all just like doom and gloom. And I'm just thinking like, look at the bigger picture, like look at where you were and just everything about it. Like the, you hear them talk about how like, you know, the atmosphere is not as good at their ground anymore and that type of thing. Um, and I'm not saying where like Galatasaray are out, but you know, I think compared to them, I think we do have a better atmosphere generally. And if you do get successful, I think that does get diluted a little bit. It gets watered down. And I think, I don't know, it might just be me, but do you not look at it and think, like, well, what's the point of being successful if you can't just enjoy it? Well, yeah. first of all, they're not successful. They haven't won well, anything. Well, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're not, I think they're not. But <laughs> they were better than they were. And, you know, they're on a, they're on an upward trajectory, shall we say. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. It comes down to expectations, doesn't it? Because they're going yeah. obviously they overachieved last season, going to the Champions League, and then they're thinking, "Oh, well, that's that's the minimum standard now going forward." And obviously, they've had a bit of a come up with this season because they, did, they didn't massively overachieve. Like that, all the players playing at like one hundred percent every single week. And obviously, this season it, it hasn't been the case. A few injuries here and there, 
And um, again, it comes down to expectations, similar to us, where we got we overachieved last season going the playoffs. And now mm. anything below six, really, is would be seen as a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. I think you said the other, the other day, Dan, like, it's weird because if we'd had these last two seasons in reverse, so, like, if we'd, say, finished eighth or ninth last season and then snuck into the playoffs this season, that would be seen as progress. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd, around now we're looking to go to step back, like you know, we're going backwards. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think Speakman set himself up for a fall, to be honest, when he'd said in the summer last year that you know he didn't say it out now, but he said you know we'll look for better than playoffs, which is effectively saying we want the top two. Silly mm-hmm. comment to make because looking at teams coming down from the, pre- I thought you look at Leicester, you think well they're obviously going to be like either first or second. Mm-hmm. In, he he sort of feathered up the fans' expectations a little bit, and I think now he will bear the brunt of that, which he does. He's the lightning rod for criticism, effectively, because you know at the end of the day, he's the, he's the sporting director. He handles everything um, that that happens on the pitch, so it, it's his fault if those expectations aren't yeah. met in a sense. And and fan, fans will remember that. Fans are daft. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of remember when we lost the the playoff final um, in League One against Charlton. And like a day later, <clears throat> Stuart Donald came out and said, "We're going to get a hundred points next season." And I just think, why have you, why have you said that? Like, what you know, what good's that going to do anybody but really? What, what, <laughs> I, what I will say in defence of that and speaking in a sense is that these people are human. I know they're sort of behind closed doors and that they're in a different world to us, but they are human and they let their emotions carry them as well. So coming off a playoff defeat or coming off, you know, look where you playoff defeat last season against Luton and stuff, emotions were heightened and. You want the club to be thinking, right, we're going to do better, we're going to do better, I'm going to tell the fans we'll do better. It's it's the right thing in a sense, but I would have just thought Speakman, being who he is, would have been just a little bit more sensible, I suppose. Yeah. To, to be fair, he probably just got carried away in the emotion of it all as well. You know what I mean? Because Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Like he, He's only human. And I, yeah. think, I think, does he care about something? I think he's a bit cold-blooded, isn't he, Speakman? Like, as soon as... Be, you've got to be, though, I think. Yeah, I mean, you, you see from the way they deal with players, as soon as, like, as soon as somebody's over 25, say, right. unless you look, unless you look, look all nine. I say you look all nine because you're lovely. As soon as someone's got pubes, they're like, nah, we're in case of I think, uh, no, I, I, look, I think if we get in the playoffs this season, then you can call that success, to be honest, because, yes, we haven't gone better than last season, but if we also won't have slipped from where we were last season. So I think the playoffs I would happily accept. Um, I think there will be progress, you know, and looking, looking from a different point of view, it was like last season we had Diallo, who basically um, got us in there. The team in the absence yeah. of Ross Stewart. But we've done that this season without without Diallo. We've done it without yeah. players. Do you know what I mean? Jack Clark's become the, the Diallo figure for us. And, he, and he's our player. We're going to actually going to make a few quid on him. Yeah. And so our that, home record it has been is, progress. Our home record is noticeably better. I remember our home record last year was awful. I mean, maybe our away record was a bit better mind. But, you know, on the whole, I'd rather... Win I think as well, if you look at... I know it was mentioned, obviously, last season. But uh, I think it was like the lowest points total again into the playoffs for like uh, 20 years or something like yeah. that. It was like a, a stupid long time, but to actually do it like that, even if we were to get more points this season, it's still progress. Even if yeah. we didn't get into the playoffs, you know what I mean? I think what maybe tainted it for a lot of people earlier on the season was we all came away from last season thinking how well we'd done and like what an achievement it was. And I don't think it was helped by the fact that like Ipswich had came up and started doing so well. But I mean, yeah. if you look at even mm-hmm. them now, they're dropping like a stone. Like 
every time yeah. I've watched them, even when they beat us, I was thinking these are shite. Did, did they get beat off West Brom yesterday? I seen no, West Brom were two up, two last, two winners. Well, was last this, was couple of minutes, uh, last couple of minutes, I got an equaliser, twos each. But I mean, even that's like the the drop. Like it's it's not enough to finish in second place, is it? You need to win every home game, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. More Especially or less, when anyhow. Against, when you're up against Leicester and Southampton, Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think wherever we end up, and I, and I don't like to use this as a parameter to measure success, but from where we were, it, it, like Mark said, actually, losing Diallo, that was that was massive, you know. I mean, I'm just looking there. The, the Sun are currently reporting that uh, Tony Mowbray uh, is looking at a loan move for him. So, I mean, that's the Sun as much you can trust them, but... Who, who knows I mean I'm amazed that he's not starting for Man United at this point uh, I'm amazed he hasn't even got the Premier League move like I kind of believe that nobody down that bottom half of the table has thought do you know what do this let's just take a punt on him for six months yeah uh, see are. how it goes I always, I always thought he would go to like one of the teams that got promoted last season like a Burnley mm. or a Sheffield United but obviously they're doing so poorly I don't know I think like Mark says, we can measure our success a little bit here because we don't have Diallo Clark screwing into himself. And we've just got it. We've just got a squad of players where you look at a lot of them, and I just see pound signs in a sense. Like when you look at the likes of Try Hume, I think we signed him for two hundred thousand or something. And you look, you look at him now. He's like he's one of our best players. Yeah, that is unbelievable. Considering as well, I always think we we didn't we get rid of Denver Hume around the same time for like three million. Do you know what I mean? Just, we sold, like, just let that sink in. We sold Delver, Denver Hume for three million pounds. That is actually. <laughs> well, no, I, it was something, and then it's it's gone up. It, it could have gone up to three million. So I don't think we'll get the three million. Nah, yeah, no, we'll never get the three million. Yeah, he's got like Grimsby <laughs> or somewhere now. Yeah, he's at Grimsby. He's just signed Grimsby. Yeah, signed for Grimsby, which is like a, it's currently four from Grace, you know. But again, that's testament to Speakman sort of recognizing mm, he's he's not going to be much of a player. Get rid. He scored yesterday. Did he really? Oh, well, mm. get him back, eh? <laughs> get him back in. Stop him. <laughs> Hume. Get him back in, eh? I think there's a lot to be said, though, you know, for people, players that move on from Sunderland, you know, it's like, obviously, you've got your main ones, Hendo and Pickford and stuff like that, but like, if you look at the, and many other players that have left us, left us in the lurch a bit, then they've never gone out and do that well, like Darren Bent, like uh, Joe Sorrow, Josh Marger, Joe Sorrow, yeah. players like that. So, like, do you know what I mean? It is a bit of a fall from grace, but I don't think you've I don't think really appreciate what they've got at Sunderland because we obviously the fans are crass about them and obviously we, do we get emotionally attached to them but other clubs maybe are like that do you know what I mean and I think they, they think the, the grass is greener on the other side and it, it often isn't I mean like you said people don't want to maybe come play in the North East and I think that is a big part of it so maybe some players do look at it and think oh I could go to London I could go to like you know Lancashire and be like 20 minutes away from Manchester but like if you're not getting that satisfaction in your actual job, which I don't think you'll get on the same level at a lot of clubs, because like you say, just with the emotion that's involved in Sunderland with the fans and that, yeah, you sh- you, you're selling yourself short. And I think that's what a lot of them do find out after they leave Sunderland. Like how many players do you see come back and they'll say things like, I didn't realise how big Sunderland was until I was in and around it. And then no, you exactly. kind of, you realise, don't you? I don't know. We'll see. Um, Huddersfield Wednesday night we're playing. Just looking at the last five games uh, we've played, stretching back to nineteen ninety nine. The another team we've played a massive amount of football against. Uh, we've won two, lost two, and drew one. Uh, latest result we you put, it was only in November. We got by two one at home off Huddersfield. Um, before we sort of preview that match, can you name any players who play for both? Rich. Yeah, <laughs> sure, Richards won. Um. Is there a few? Know. Is there a few like? There's three notable ones. Three notable. What has failed? Well, actually, no. Yeah, I'm going to say Fraser Campbell. Fraser Campbell. Yes, Fraser Campbell's one. Um, 
I want to say there's there's so I would say there's three more to name who who was in our living memory who he'd remember. I was going to say I feel like there was like a big player in the nineties who's played for oh John Stead John Stead John played Stead's for one oh, yeah true. John Stead John Stead's yeah. one. <laughs> the last memory I have of him is scoring against us in the FA Cup semi final or quarter final with Bradford Bradford. Yes, nailed on that one. Nailed yeah. on. Yeah. I thought oh. it was going to happen. I just uh, remember because we were at that game. I just remember looking at you, and I remember you didn't even make eye contact with it. You just kept on looking at the pitch, and you just went, "It's him, it's him." <laughs> um, so there's one midfielder and two forwards. You're missing. Uh, for, anybody, for anybody out there who wants a clue, one of them is Scottish. The other two are English. Um, give us. So did he? Was it um get his name now? Dylan McGee. Marcus Marcus well, Stewart. Well done, Lee. Marcus yes, Stewart. Marcus Stewart, yes. Uh-huh. He's um, one of you, he's he's one of your strikers. So you got one straight one with failure to name. Uh the Scottish one, right, give us a clue. Was he was he at Huddersfield after Sunderland? It, here's your clue. I'm not even joking. He now works on for Sainsbury's cargo shipping. In like the North Sea ferries between between, between Scotland and the Orkney Islands, and I only know I only know because I seen a photo where someone said it to him. Oh, are you such and such used to play for Sunderland? He was like, Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he went on loan uh, from us to Huddersfield, though. As a clue, right? Oh, oh, oh Kyle. Yes, Kevin Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, English midfielder. Is your last one? He played for us, uh, Stoke City, Huddersfield, etc. Uh, no, not Liam Lawrence. Uh, oh, he, no, he started his career at Oxford. Uh, I don't know. The Dean Whitehead. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, Dean Whitehead, I. Oh, Dean well, Whitehead. Uh, he, Huddersfield was his last club before he retired. Yes, if you were I was. Or not. Is he? Was he still there? Was he still there as like a coach? He, he's a. I think he was. Was he? Oh no! Did he go to Cardiff? Did he not go to Cardiff? Cardiff? Yes, I knew he was somewhere. Yeah, he, he joined Cardiff as a coach in November '22. Uh, he's now at Watford as a coach, which will last five minutes if Watford send it to go back. What do you fancy then, Wednesday night? Um, Team wise, I think it'll be. More or less the same, except Roberts, him coming back from injury. I can't see him starting two games in a row so close to each other. Um, well, they got rid of... Uh, did they get rid of Darren Moore after... Yeah, I don't worry about the minute. No, apparently... They were in... For, uh, oh, sorry. Apparently, they're very close to a point in Duffy. Really? Mm-hmm. Apparently, well, God, oh. I've just I've just Googled Huddersfield Town. Apparently, they're in contact talks with him. So, oh. hopefully... Hopefully... Yeah. He'd, he, you probably won't. You'll probably which whoever they're going to appoint will probably be in the stands on Wednesday night. But ideally, they won't appoint anybody before uh, we play them. Obviously, yeah. you just worry about that new manager bounce, don't you? I mean, we're, we're, we're the, you know they are the games we should be winning. But I, my worry is we haven't won enough of these types of games. Like you look at your mm. Swansea's um, away, like Rotherham away, like we've we've like lumbered to draws and even defeats in some mm-hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. That's just my worry. Like we seem to have flipped last season when we were class away and like indifferent at home. It's like totally flipped now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, you look at Huddersfield record. Uh, last five games, they've drew three, won one, lost one. So they're on a, a somewhat of an even keel. Then what they lost was yesterday five three against um, Southampton. So they've obviously got goals in the side. Um, the, the, the thing that would be 
Did the big chef went four nil as well? Yeah, they battered the chef where I. I was going to say. I mean, that that's not saying much, like, but still, <laughs> they've got definitely got goals on the side by the sounds of us. I think it's like Ant says. It, this is Sunderland all over. They'll, oh, they'll, go, they'll, they'll go and get a cracking result at home, and then they'll have a stinker against Huddersfield. Like that—that's right. what I worry about. But again, this is where we look at Michael Bale and say, right, well, is this—is he capable of sort of stopping that that semi rot, if you know what I mean, and, and just get them firing? Because if we are going to finish in a playoff place, we need to be more consistent. We really do. We're only—I mean, Hull's still got a game in hand of us. The two points behind, Hull win that game, then we're sitting seventh. So, you know. We we do need to cut that out. Well, our, our next three games, Huddersfield should be winning that really. Uh, Birmingham away, I know it's Tony Mowbray and that type of thing, but we should mm. really be winning that. They're a very very poor side at the minute. Um, mm-hmm. And then Swansea at home, that yeah. really should be nine points in my opinion. But whether it will be, mm. you see that? I oh, know. Um, uh, skeptical on that, like myself, but I can see us up there. against Birmingham. I take seven, I take seven points out of yeah. uh, three 100%. games. I put. It just depends what Sunderland turn up. Not, that's, no. <laughs> I think we said it every every game this season. It's like, what's your fancy of the score? And it's like, no idea. Just, it could be anything. Yeah. I know we could get paid five now, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, we should we should be winning it though. I mean, they're sitting sitting twenty first in the table. You know, they're, they're sort of looking over the shoulder at relegation. I'm I'm, I'm struggling to find two poor sides and Rotherham and Sheffield, but QPR potentially. Could catch them. They had a shock at the shambolic season, really, under that absolute buffoon. Ian's with them. Not, not a fan of his. The whole rock and roll thing in football. Really? I don't like it. Doesn't doesn't mix. Doesn't mix. Um, but again, you'd like to think we'd win. I always think with Ian's with, he looks like he'd be a manager at like CEX. <laughs> <laughs> cash cash converters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What we'll see. Um, I think. You know, we'll, we'll sort of round up, round off the podcast a little bit now. With I think what we'll aim to do is we'll sort of get some match previews in, some match analysis, analyze some players, uh, the hierarchy, see what the model's going to look like. Just ongoing scrutiny of Sunderland, really. Again, we're just four fans like you. So thank you very much for giving us uh, an hour or so of your time. Uh, we'll be back after the Huddersfield game with the match report, etc see how we think it went hopefully we're on the end of a Sunderland victory and we're still sitting in the playoffs even if that is sixth place he will take it um, thank you very much uh, lads have you got anything else to say well, well there's always something happening at Sunderland isn't there so I'm sure there'll be there'll be more crack to come as the weeks go on well I, th- I think everybody's waiting on tender hooks of the Black Cats by investigation I think everybody everybody sort of puts it on not to drag up I know yesterday was a bit of a feel good factor but I think it's it's easy it's almost childish if you will to say oh you know we're doing all right now we've won a game but that that's the chemical isn't it winning yeah, sort of produces positivity and and then that, that i don't want to fall into that too easily but i think there does need to be questions answered on that you know we'll discuss that we'll look at that um and, and again hopefully hopefully uh we'll call when we get the end of the season and it all comes out the wash we can call this a success Okay, thank you very much for joining us everybody uh we'll see you sort of wednesday thursday time after the huddersfield match Uh, Thanks very much for listening. Take care.